What motivates you to wake up every day? Whether it's Monday or Saturday morning, what keeps you going? For me, it's knowing that I'm working towards something bigger or better. It can be learning a new skill, overcoming a fear, or even finding a better recipe for pancakes. Setting a goal, no matter how big or small, is what helps me wake up early in the morning and enjoy a strong cup of coffee. Welcome, everybody, to the seventh edition of Happy to Fail, the podcast where you and I work together to break the stigma associated with mental health challenges. We work to defy, to break the expectations that those with lived experience can't live happy, healthy, and productive lives. And I do that in this podcast each and every Monday, sharing chapters of my life, not not just presenting the problem, because we do got to bring that up, but more so, we focus on, on the solution. What motivated me to overcome that situation? What did I learn from an experience? In previous episodes, I've talked about why this podcast is called Happy to Fail, what's it like to live with depression, and what are the steps that I took to begin to, to learn to love myself? Because I feel like if you, if you have low self-esteem, if you're unsure of who you are, what you like, it's sometimes very difficult to just embrace who you are, what you like, and where you want to be. My name is Juan Velas Court, and I'm a proud person with lived experience regarding mental health challenges. I know what it's like to suffer, to struggle with depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, to be socially rejected. Yet today, I'm not who I was way back in the day over 10, 15 years ago. Do I still have challenges and problems now? Of course I do, but that's what this podcast is all about. I never want to present myself like, hey, I overcame that. I'm, I'm the perfect human being. Everybody goes through different stages of life. Everybody needs a little bit of support, a little bit of help. But I feel like we're sometimes too proud to open up about what's going on now. We can refer to things in the past. Oh, five years ago, I had this, this problem at work or I had this relationship problem. But then today, oh, no, everything's all, all good. I'm good to go. No. I still have things that that I'm afraid of, and I think it's fine, right? But before I keep going, this podcast is not a replacement for emotional, clinical support, professional help. This is simply a platform where I share my story with the hope of getting others to, to take that, that chance, to take that leap and get some help. But if you need support, if you need that help, don't be afraid to contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273-8255 or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And if you're like me and you live in Puerto Rico and you want your support to be in Espanol, don't be afraid to contact AMSCA's 24-7 crisis line, known as Línea Paz, at 1-800-981-0023. I know it's scary. I know sometimes you, you want to open up, but you don't know how. Just making that call, just doing that, just dialing the 1-800, regardless of which one you do, I guarantee you that's going to make a positive change in your life. So with that being said, let's take it over to this episode, because with the previous one, I talked about what it's like to live with depression. And this episode, honestly, I wrote the entire agenda this morning as I record here, because I was thinking to myself, I never want anybody to think that I am overselling myself, that, I, that I'm presenting only the good things and hiding the bad in 2019, 2020. And then I was thinking, okay, so what would be a good topic that would help all of us just get to know each other and then just to understand, hey, 
Even Juan, who's overcome all of that, it's not like I have my life solved. Sure, I have a pretty good idea of where I am, of where I want to be, of what I would like to do, but I still have fears, and they're not related to mental health, but living with anxiety, those things are augmented. Those are things that you can't take for granted, and maybe another person would not struggle with A, B, and Z, but getting from A, B all the way down to Z, living with anxiety is a bit challenging. So this episode is going to focus on making new goals and reflecting on the ones that I did in the past. Because I know that different people have different ways of living. Some people like to live day by day because that's what their life involves. You know, maybe they don't have that much control over their economical situation. You know, emotionally speaking, they're still in a very vulnerable stage. So it makes sense. Just live day by day and you manage. And I, and I do a little bit of that. I like to make sure that I don't overly prepare too much for the future because I feel like if there's a rock or if I trip and fall along the way, then I get way too frustrated. And that makes me make more mistakes. So I do that. But at the same time, I always like to have one of those bigger goals, something that I maybe don't think I would achieve. And this goes all the way back to the list, you know, going back to that episode where in 2009, I wrote all those things that I did not like about myself with the goal of step by step, you know, being able to overcome that and make modifications. As I began to actually cross some of those things off, then the question became, what do I replace that with? Because I didn't want to become complacent. I didn't just want to be, well, that's that's solved. So I guess unless a new problem comes up, well, I'm just going to live life day by day. But having those goals kept my intrusive thoughts down because, yeah, I could think about suicide. I can think about those things or I could think about losing weight. I could think about, you know, graduating. So I'd like to share here some of the goals that I've had in this process And let's go all the way back first to 2009. So not only in that year did I write those uh, 20 pages of things that I did not like about myself. And don't forget that in September, recovery month, we're going to be going back to that list. Another thing that I did that year is begin to uh, work out, begin to exercise, begin to take better care of what I put into my body when it came to nutrition because I was morbidly obese. I was anywhere between 250 275 pounds at that point. I was size 44 inch waist, triple XL shirt. So as a person with lived experience with anxiety and everything, I also had the bullying, not just from the mental health side, but I was obese. And I'm not saying that you need to be or look a certain way in order to be happy. But in my case, I was not happy with how I looked. But I knew that I needed to be the person that was responsible for making those changes. So I began making sure I would prepare my meals. Whenever I went out, I would make a couple of sandwiches. And I did harm reduction, which is another topic, but regarding nutrition. I didn't go the extreme route of eating vegetables and things like that because they would make me nauseous. My, my diet up until that point was hamburger and fries. So what I did is that I started to lower the carbohydrate amount. I began cooking at home and I had my mother teach me and I made that fun. I made that really, really fun. And that was one of the things that I did in 2019 to the point that in about a year, year and a half, I ended up dropping around 115 pounds. That was with uh, no medication, no pills, no extreme dieting. I wasn't working at that point. So 
my day-to-day was, well, I'm just going to work out. I'm going to walk. I actually started going to gym, and that was very therapeutic for me because it allowed me to also interact with different people. But 2019 was the year where, honestly, even after dropping 115 pounds, I still felt fat. I still felt obese. And above everything, I still did not quite like myself. But guess what? I could always tell myself, Juan, you're making changes. Baby steps. Focus on the day by day. Like long term, you're going to change your perspective of who you are. But you dropped 115 pounds, man. I remember when I went to college, some of the people that knew me, they would not even recognize me around the time where I finished you know, losing all that weight. So that was really good. Now let's go to 2011, which is a very landmark year for me because at that point, I was feeling a little bit better. I had dropped the weight and uh, my mother was co-facilitating support groups for people living with anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder. Up until that point, I had began, uh, you know, supporting the support group, part of the uh, redundancy. But I did that because I was like, okay, I'm feeling better. And these things that I've learned, I guarantee you some of them are going to help somebody else. So I began doing that. And then in 2011, another thing happened, which is that we developed a Nuestra Mente, which is a nonprofit organization that my wife now, a girlfriend at the time, my mother and myself, the three of us developed that with the goal of developing these workshops that we could go to universities, elementary schools, uh, high schools, speak to teachers, spe- speak to clinical staff about sensibility. How, how are you sensible with somebody that their self-esteem is so low because their expectations of life is uh, low, right? So we began doing that based on peer support, based on our lived experience. My mother, as a person that you know went through that process with me, and then me as the person that went through that, you know, from a child to an adolescent to at this point uh, a college student. And it was through that organization that we developed a short film that's available on YouTube right now. If you look up Pensar Eterno, it's written in Spanish. It is a Spanish language film, but it does have English subtitles. So I'll make sure to link to that regardless of uh, whichever podcast platform you're checking this episode. There should be a link there. But the reason that I developed that short film and what inspired me to do so is that there was a specific day where I was at my father's house. And he was somebody that never really supported any of this, just the, this life that I've been living since I was a child with emotional barriers. He didn't have any of it. But he was talking to me about a film that he watched that it was about this child that had depression and bipolar disorder, and he was fascinated by how, how he overcame it. And I was thinking like, wait a minute, so it's fun in the film, but it's not here. And it was at that moment that I knew what I had to do. If my words were not able to transform somebody, then maybe something on the big screen would. And that short film, I owe my professional career to it. So I just want to take a quick second to thank everybody, everybody that was involved, far too many people to name. I did that based on a student loan that I did because at that point I was studying digital film production. I bought the camera. I didn't even know what Aperture was. It was just the most insane thing, small staff, nobody got paid a dime, and it's a thing that people became involved because they themselves were going through something. Not only was the short film good for me being able to project my story, even the actors, even the production team, everybody was like, wow, this scene reminds me of this situation that I went through. And the the satisfaction that I got 
from when I would show the short film somewhere and people would tell me, I can identify with that. I can hit the play button and my mother or my wife, any family member, a friend that would not get my condition did so now and it's because they saw your story and there's no better thing than that. And then the last big year I want to get to before we get to 2019 is two years after 2011, which is 2013. That was a, a fairly dark moment in my life because I was graduating from college, which think about that. I'm talking about a dark moment, but I graduated from college where my goal was to end my life when I was around 23 years old. It's like, man, you, you got to learn to appreciate the, the little steps. And I'm talking to myself at that point. And I'm saying that to myself even now, because I feel like sometimes I push myself way too hard. And looking back, if I had recognized like, Juan, yeah, maybe you don't have a job right now, but you graduated from college. You have a girlfriend for many years. And a year later in 2014, we got married. Appreciate the, the things that you've accomplished. And the other ones, they're going to come up along the way. But it was in that year through the nonprofit organization that I was actually invited to travel to different parts of the world. And one state in particular was the state of California, which a funny story. So when they called me the year before, I had traveled to a conference called Alternatives, which is a consumer driven event. People with lived experience becoming resources. And I met an awesome human being there. And a year later, they call me from the state of California. I thought it was a prank call because some of the friends I had made around that point, we would we would prank call each other. So I was literally like, oh, yeah, California. Yeah, of, of course you want me to travel. Of course you're going to pay for my travel. And then I realized, like, the conversation became very serious. That was my first time ever becoming the keynote speaker at a conference, at a mental health event. And I was crying uncontrollably during that call as I realized exactly what was happening at that point. And literally a couple of days before that, I was sitting with my wife. I was actually laying in bed next to my wife, crying, just telling her, do I got to move to the States? Like, I don't know what I want to work on, you know, what I want to do professionally. So in the span of literally two to three weeks, first that opportunity from California came up. And then a couple of days later, I got a call to become the community coordinator for a systems of care in Puerto Rico. And systems of care provides services for children and adolescents with uh, severe emotional disturbances, situations that can happen in their home, in their school, in their community. And I was doing some volunteer uh, work, you know, speaking arrangements for them because I, I just like doing it. I never did it with the ex with the expectation of getting a job. It it just it made me feel good to be able to help others and knowing that my process was healing was uh, just something good for everybody else. And then all of a sudden, they tell me like Juan. We want you to coordinate the support groups for the family members, for the, for the children, for the adolescents, and making sure that that peer support component is prominent in all levels of care. And even to this day, I'm, I'm involved in a much bigger role, but I'm still involved in all that. And that just let me know, like, once again, look, look at this, Juan. A couple of days before, a couple of weeks before, you thought your life was just breaking down but you had lost 115 pounds. You had graduated from college. You had a relationship. You had a very healthy relationship with your mother as well. You're taking care of people. People are taking care of you. So even at my best at that moment, just emotionally speaking, I didn't support myself as much as I thought I would, but I was living the life there. I wasn't rich. I didn't care to be rich. I don't care to be rich. 
For me, being rich means being happy, and that's what's important to me. But then for the next couple of years, I kind of just did my thing. Like, that's what I did, and I became complacent. And emotionally speaking, I went through a lot of situations that I can't really comment on the podcast, but let's just say that my self-esteem started going down a little bit. I started gaining weight, started taking less care of myself. People started noticing. I'm making sure to push myself because for me, what I realized is that Juan, what pushed you to make all those things, to, to feel the way you did at that moment where you felt the best you know, in, in your life was having goals. But you were so afraid, and this is once again me also speaking to myself in 2019, I was so afraid of identifying other goals that I could not achieve that I just didn't set any other goals because I can't fail when there's nothing to fail at, right? Which is weird because that's the name of this podcast. So one of the things that I started doing, and that's the most recent thing I've accomplished, is even this podcast. I've been putting this off for many years because for me, it's therapeutic. I know it can help other people. I know we can get to know each other. I've had people from all parts of, not, not the nation, not the states. I've had people from all over the world, not thousands, but the ones that have reached out. I don't care for thousands. I care for two people. I care for three people that this really means something to them. So thank you. Thank you to the people that have sent an email to Juan at happytofail.com and that has let me know how how much of an impact this is uh, left in your life. So if, if you really do think this could benefit other people, just consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast, you know, subscribing to the feeds, just sharing across all social media. But I've technically done the podcast. My goal is not to have 100,000 listeners. That would be awesome. But my goal was to hit the record button and to get it out there. So right now, and this is more of a brainstorming thing and why I'm doing this podcast, I don't know what to do right now. And I think that's fine. I think it's okay to, to not have everything figured out. I think it's not okay to not even have that conversation. I think it's not okay to not have that genuine discussion with yourself of what next. In my case, I graduated from college in 2013. So something that I've been thinking of is maybe going back to studying. You know, I had a bachelor's degree in digital film production, but maybe I could do a master's in something that would complement everything that I'm doing now because when it comes to my resume, I've done a lot, but professionally speaking or educationally, academically speaking, it would not be bad if I did something, you know, master's degree in social work or something. So I, I still don't know what I'm going to do there. And every couple of episodes, I want to have an episode like this where I can just sort of break down what's happening right now. Because as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I never want to give the false perception that my life is perfect. I'm not an Instagram picture that people take conveniently to only highlight the strengths and hide the weaknesses. I'm not going to be afraid of showcasing the weaknesses. But yeah, I've thought about possibly social work, something with coaching. I've been asking myself, Juan, what are you passionate about? I've talked about that on previous episodes. And, and what immediately comes to my mind is just being able to sit down with people. I love this, and I love doing the podcast, but I'm in a rectangle of emotion by myself right now, but, and we can't uh, interact. So maybe I, in the future, add another component to the podcast. I've been thinking about adding some small episodes in Spanish language format for the people that don't you know, speak or, or don't really 
prefer their content in English and would prefer to have it be in Spanish. I've thought about maybe going back into production. You know, I love not just recording this podcast and writing out the agendas. I love the, the, the creational aspect of it from the thumbnail to which song goes where to when should I make an edit to just the editing process, promoting on social media. All of that is fun for me. Yeah, it's technically work, but it is pretty awesome work. I, I have a lot of things that I love about that. But as I keep thinking about this, I've talked about this with my wife, with my mother, with coworkers, because I, I always like to hear people because I feel like people are always fairly good. They're not experts. They're not perfect, but they're pretty good at picking out like, hey, Juan, have you considered this? Because you're always doing this. So even for you, a suggestion I have is don't be afraid to sit down with people and be like, hey, I've been thinking about A, B, and C. Which one do you think would be good for me? It's a whole other story. People say, eh, don't focus on any of those. I have people tell me that studying digital film production, I was going to starve to death. And yeah, maybe professionally speaking, my career is not in digital film production right now, but you never know. And everything that I learned and everything that I did in that process, I've applied to this podcast, to my job. I've been able to produce things related to mental health on video and audio format because of that. But the thing that I want to close this off with for both you and me, and I'm really speaking to me a lot in this episode, is dream big, think big. The role that I have right now in 2019 professionally as a peer support services coordinator is something that I remember in 2012, I had told the agency that I work for, you guys need somebody that can that can combine peer support, that can unify, that can get everybody together. And then in 2019, I was offered that position. I was offered the position that I always wanted somebody to have. And I make sure that with the peers that I work with, with the family that I provide support services for, I always tell them, like, you never know what you can do in life. Never did I think I'd be doing a podcast based on my life or that I'd go from being anxious of speaking to two people to speaking in front of 2,000 people, speaking to Fox and CNN cameras in 2013 when I was still going through it. Life truly is a roller coaster. I know people say that because it sounds, sounds cool, but it really is. So as time goes by, as I mentioned, I'm going to be going back. I'm going to be being raw and real with you about what I've been thinking about, some of my fears, and hopefully from here to the end of the year, and call me out on this. Don't be afraid to call me out. Juan, it's been a couple of months. You haven't told us what you're planning on studying because even if I take years graduating from that master's degree, it's all about starting that, right? So I'm going to be making sure I share all of you, uh, I share that with you through this podcast. But before I leave, I always have a recommended resource for you. Set a monthly goal for your life and set an annual goal with your life. In my case, I found that if I set weekly goals, I get overwhelmed because when Tuesday arrives, you're already thinking about Friday. Oh my goodness, I haven't, I haven't achieved that goal. What am I going to do? But if you set a monthly goal, I feel like th th things are a little bit soothier, which isn't even a word, but I said it there, but they're more relaxed. You have a month to work on that. Isn't that nice? And then when you think of the annual goal, think big. Something that can be a monthly goal is as simple as tasting a new dish every month. Just try new food. Even if you don't like it, you can say every single month, at least one, one Friday every month, 
I'm going to be making sure to try international flavors or even try to overcome one fear. Write a list of 10 fears and then the long-term annual goal can be to face the 10 or 12 fears and every month overcome one. You can combine that and I guarantee you it worked for me. It's worked for a lot of people and it doesn't hurt to try, right? You got nothing to lose here. And the annual goal can be traveling somewhere, overcoming those 12 fears, or even saving up a certain amount of money, whether it be for education, personal satisfaction, or any of that. So just consider doing that. And then don't forget that we publish a brand new podcast episode every Monday. And the next episode, we're going to have a little bit of fun because it is my favorite mistakes, my my favorite moments that I've gone like, Juan, why did you do that? But looking back, I'm very grateful. I'm very happy that I made those mistakes. That's another reason why this podcast is called Happy to Fail. I learn from my mistakes, so it's going to be an embarrassing episode. Most of you are probably going to laugh at me, and honestly, I embrace the people. I'm not who I was, and, and I'm happy of who I am, and I'm, above everything, happy knowing that I'm going to continue to grow each and every week. So consider subscribing to your podcast app of choice. Consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is available in video format on the YouTube channel. So you can get all the information by simply adding me on social media, happy to fail, or sending me an email, juan at happy to fail.com. So up until next time, thank you for watching, listening, and supporting. Never forget that you matter, and everybody, we're going to grow all together, and it's going to be a hell of a ride. Take care, everybody.